your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. We got uh, an episode for you today. Not sure how fun it's going to be. The Blues were throttled, absolutely embarrassed by the Calgary Flames and Matthew Kachuk. 7-1 the final score. Uh, the Blues looked all out of sorts in every facet of the ice. So we're going to be talking about that in its entirety today. Jordan Bennington versus Billy Husso debate comes up again. Jordan Bennington didn't have a lot of help and the Blues didn't put on a great show. But we always try to put on a great show and we want to thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day, whether it's with your cup of coffee, bowl of cereal, and your morning commute to work or school, whatever it might be. We want to thank you guys once again for starting your day off with the Locked on Blues podcast. So with that being said, the Blues started off pretty good against the Flames. Got a shorthanded goal by Tyler Bozak pretty early into the first period. After that, seven goals unanswered by the Calgary Flames. Five assist night by future blue Matthew Kachuk. I think that tied a career high for him. Uh, Nico Mikola on the other side of it was a minus five, I think, on the night and was benched in the third Good period. golf score. Mm, yeah, not so good of a hockey score. Colton Pareko didn't look too good. A lot of the writers were talking about it, and I agree with this. Obviously, you're playing three games and four nights. The boys are going to be a little bit tired, especially going over the border to Canada where things are a little bit different there. And obviously there's a lot uh, more protocols taken into consideration than in America right now. Uh, so maybe that had something to do with it. Obviously they just did not have their wheels or legs under them. Uh, and the lack of energy was prevalent uh, from the first period all the way on. So Josh, what were your takeaways from this embarrassing game, embarrassing showing by the St. Louis Blues, 7-1 to one against the Calgary Flames? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that the fatigue was catching up to them uh playing three games in four days and as much as you want to you know chalk it up to that and say it's a legitimate excuse because i think it is uh, that western canada road trip is always going to be a huge pain uh, and playing three games in four days is difficult and it takes a toll but the issue that comes up there is um not you know not only how poorly they played you know regardless of how fatigued you are it's inexcusable there's a couple stretches in february where they have three games in four days and like five games in seven days and stuff like that. So the schedule is picking up pretty rapidly. Um, and, you know, <laughs> last night being game 42 of the season, the first game of the second half of the season, you really are out of time for excuses and stuff like that. Um, you should be playing your close to your best hockey night in, night out. Uh, and not only did we not see the Blues' best hockey, that may have been, no exaggeration, the worst performance I have ever seen from any hockey team ever so look it can't get worse than that <laughs> worst um, performance ever man maybe but and look we talk i talked a lot about at the beginning of the year like blues going through adversity and winning it's a good reference point being able to look back and say hey remember when we did this the flip side of like the you know the opposite end of the spectrum having poor performances like last night are hopefully a good opportunity as a reference point um for craig Berube to to you know, really instill into into the team that last night's performance should you know be drilled into their heads in the sense that you, this is they know what they look like 
when they show up with that attitude and there is no excuse to, you know, treat any game the rest of the season with that little effort and care or else they can see what would happen. One of the most disappointing parts of this game, there was a lot to be fair, but one of the most disappointing parts of this game was how much we talked about or how much you talked about on last episode, how big of a game this was for Jordan Bennington to finally yeah. get the net back after Billy Huso has been playing so well. And this is his opportunity to kind of assert himself and be like, Hey, like, remember me? I, I helped us win the Stanley cup. I easily could have been a con Smythe winner if it wasn't for Ryan O'Reilly. I can play good hockey too. And he goes out there and the blues don't even give him a chance. I mean, We've got Robert Bertuzzo sliding into him, taking him out oh my God. Uh, of an entire play. And the, the defense just hung him out to dry all night long. So as much talk as there was about putting up seven goals on Jordan Bennington, I I really don't think there was a ton that were um, rough on the eyes, maybe two that he probably should have had. But at the end of the day, here's the question that I'm going to ask, and we can get more like we can get deeper into this over the course of this episode, but I tweeted out that you shouldn't let Billy Huso's play this season distract you from the fact that the Blues defense has been bad and has been bad this entire season, and that's been the focal point, and that's been the weak part of this team. And so I'm wondering if it's not so much a question of is Billy Huso more beneficial to this team in the playoffs than Jordan Bennington. I think they're both good goalies, right? But because Billy Huso is playing so out of his mind right now. I can't remember what his save percentage is, but I think it's like a 935 or something ridiculous. Any team that relies on a goalie relies on. Now, Vasilevsky and other guys like that are different because they have a solid defense in front of them. So they don't have to go out and put up a 935 save percentage, but they do. This is different. If Billy Huso doesn't put up a 935 save percentage on like a nightly basis, he's probably getting rung up too for seven. So it's not it's not a question of whether Billy Huso or Jordan Bennington gives us a better chance to win right now. It's a question of what is causing us to lose and what is causing us to play worse. And it's the defense. It's not Billy Huso's not the problem and Jordan Bennington's not the problem. This defense is out to lunch half the time that they're on the ice. And I think that's kind of where I was going with the Billy Huso trade talk. It's not so much that we should trade him for anything and trade him just because he's going to leave in the offseason. But my priority here is acquiring a D-man. So if Billy Huso is the segue to doing that, whether it's Chikrin, whether it's Sherratt, whatever guy is out there, uh, I think you absolutely have to do it. You mentioned Bortuzzo sliding into Jordan Biddington. I think that is literally like a renaissance painting quality representation of not just last night, you know, especially last night, but the blue season as a whole um, of the defense kind of every once in a while, really, you know, shooting themselves in the foot, shooting their own goaltender in the foot. Um, the offense, you know, fortunately at times has been not at times, you know, consistently has been good enough to take away from the defense, you know, and that's why I don't think, I don't think it's like a huge, you know, red flag, like sending alarms off the performance last night. It's just when you're a team like the St. Louis Blues who relies so heavily on your offense and your defense is as much of a, um, as much of a liability as it is, you know, um, obviously, you know, there's a stretch there where they really had it figured out. And I think the defense has been playing really strong as of late. Um, you know, the Blues record reflects that. But when you have a defense that is that capable of not showing up, 
you're going to lose game 7-1. You know, when, you're, when your Achilles heel is your defense like that of the St. Louis Blues and you get a game like that where everything goes wrong, it's not going to be like a 6-5 game like it was in Toronto because it starts with the defense. It starts with the goaltending um, in a game like that. And when you can't get the puck out of your own end, don't, I don't care how good your offense is, can't get the puck out of your own end, it does not matter. The shot attempts, I don't even remember what they were. They were like 70 to 18 or something like that shots directed at the net um shots on goal were 48 in favor of calgary to 21 for the st louis blues that was generous though because i think the blues had like 10 through two periods yeah i mean you gotta you gotta just flush it you know you can't you can't look at last night's game and try to watch film or try to be oh yeah you know if we just fix this this is the worst of the st louis blues last night you know we talk about how they're going to be nice when your offense is on. They're going to be nice when your goaltending is on. They're going to be nice when everything is on. One thing we don't really talk about is there's also going to be nights when everything is off and not working. And we saw that last night. And with a team like the Blues where their defense is, you know, like I said, such a liability, it's a loss like that is going to look a lot uglier than it might for some other teams in the NHL. But if there's one thing this Blues team is good at, it's bouncing back. I believe they lead the league and come from behind victories this year. So if you want to put some money down Blues for their game on Thursday, maybe a prop bet, maybe a parlay, you can do that over at Bet Online because they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's at Bet Online, where the game starts when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the struggling Blues team and what they can do to get back in the win column, back uh, to the ways that they know, so don't go anywhere. All right, Josh, looking at the stat sheet, obviously some huge things that jump off (laughs) the page at you, right? Obviously Mm. 48 shots on goal to 21 Mm. for the St. Louis Blues uh, is not only (laughs) not a winning recipe for this team, but it doesn't feel like familiar territory to them. I feel like the offense has been pretty consistent for the most part uh, this entire season. And even in games where the defense fails them or the goaltending struggles, the offensive production has still kind of been there. That, that wasn't the case last night against the Calgary Flames. And I don't know if that's going to be a problem going forward because, like we said, the fatigue and three games in four days is obviously a very real thing. And being over the border doesn't help that either. But it is interesting to kind of see this team when its offense is not firing on all cylinders because I don't know if they're capable of picking up the slack in the other two facets of the game. Um, I, I kind of agree, but I think the flip side of that is the Vancouver game the night before where they got outshot almost worse than they did um in the calgary game i believe the shot totals in that vancouver game were 39 to 17 um so you know obviously you know watching the game it told a different story the blues were in that vancouver game much more than they were in the calgary game but i I think 
even though, you know, the offense was slow in that game and didn't do a whole lot, you know, they got the goals when they needed to Jordan Cairo's uh, third goal was in a, you know, an absolute muffin uh, from the top. So I, I think, I don't think it's like the case of if your offense doesn't show up, you're screwed. You know, they've definitely won games this season. And as of late where the defense and goaltending has picked up the slack, I think it more so just comes down to if your offense is poor and the team is playing, you know, I, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, you know, compared to which goalie they want to play for. Um, I don't know if it's going to be consistent the rest of the season. I hope not where they, they put in a full effort in front of Billy Huso and, you know, take a little, take a little uh, bit out of the tank again when playing in front of Jordan Bennington. But I think it's been consistent that maybe, maybe it's partially Jordan Bennington has, you know, had worse support from his teammates, but also that Jordan Bennington has been getting the tougher matchups. Um, I, I think his expected save percentage is like absurdly low, which is kind of a, a fancy stat of way of saying, um, how many of his shots that he's faced, is it reasonable to expect him to save? Uh, and his, I believe he's the fourth lowest save percentage in the NHL in terms of expected save percentage. So he is, fi- was that in that thread that, uh, Luke Korak put out? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you guys haven't seen that, uh, I would go back in his timeline and look for it because there's some really interesting numbers there for sure. Right. So I don't think it's as dire as it seems on the surface, but it's definitely something to be concerned about. The fact that Jordan Bennington is facing, you know, the such difficult shots, you know, the fourth most difficult shots as compared to everyone in the NHL. Um, again, I don't know if that's 100% correct, but I know it was like really bad. So his numbers are deceiving this year. He's been statistically pretty not statistically but he's been pretty good based off of like the the statistics you don't look at you know like he's made the saves that he needs to make and he's performed above expected based on the difficulty of shots that he's had to face that being said the fact that you know the st louis blues the team that prides himself in two-way play and sure the defense is weak um but you look at that compared to guys like Billy huso charlie lindgren um you know goalies that we really felt like had a, have having a very easy time with the blues um, you know, partially due to their own play, but partially due to the, the difficulty of shots that they face. It's concerning seeing such a disparity um, between that and, you know, Jordan Bennington going out there and, and you know, having to stand on his head every night. He, he's only going to do so well. So the good, the good side of that is Bennington is not as bad as, you know, the clickbait Twitter headlines will allude to. Uh, his record is not great. His save percentage is not great. His goals allowed average is not great. But when you look a little more closely and, you know, you watch the games, I don't think there's really many times where we've looked at Jordan Bennington and be like, man, he was really the weak link tonight. You know, if Jordan Bennington didn't suck, we would have won. I, I don't think there's been a single game this season where that was the case. Maybe the Toronto game, but probably not. Um, it, I don't know. So, like, I don't think it's as bad as everybody is kind of freaking out about, but the fact that this kind of exposed a really ugly, ugly side of the St. Louis blues is going to be a crude wake up call, you know, because it's clear that unless the team develops a different attitude uh, when playing in front of Bennington or a new guy, a new personnel member comes in and joins the defense, you know, Jacob Chikrin, whatever, this is going to be a something you're going to have to look out for, for the St. Louis blues for the rest of the season, you know, knowing that they can have a game this ugly. Here's, here's a question for you, Josh, hypothetically. Right. And I think, I don't know. I don't know how close we are to like the proverbial domino that's going to start 
all the other dominoes in terms of this uh, trade deadline season. But it, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like things are picking up and that they could potentially happen sooner rather than later. At least that's what it sounds like. sounded like on 32 Thoughts uh, with Elliot Friedman and Merrick. So if in your opinion, um, let's take, for example, a guy like Jacob Chikrin or Sherratt just because those are the two biggest names out there really right now and the ones that the Blues are linked to. If they do manage to acquire either of those guys, uh, how much does that improve their chances of winning the Stanley Cup? And is it worth diving in there and giving up these prospects to win now when you've got Ryan O'Reilly's contract on the horizon, obviously Tarasenko's contract on the horizon, but who knows what's going to happen with him in terms of trade value and Ivan Barbashev has to be paid soon too. So as much as you want to prolong that window with prospects, how how important is it to Doug Armstrong to try and win now this season as well? Yeah, it's interesting because, like I said, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I feel like when this team's at its best, it feels like they can beat anyone in the NHL. Um, and, you know, the, the, the poor defense hasn't mattered because they've been scoring so much and, you know, keeping the puck out of their own zone so much that, like, Defense hasn't even mattered that much. So it, it kind of comes down to, I think, something that just goes beyond simple hockey ability. And it's really more the psychological aspect of it. You know, whatever it is that makes the Blues, you know, go out and put up five goals in three consecutive games and then, you know, completely turn it around and win a defensive, you know, grudge match against the Vancouver Canucks, have four games, you know, that are that strong, even though they lost the first one to Toronto, uh, still put up five goals. You know, so to play that strong and then all of a sudden come in um, and Calgary and play the absolute, like I said, maybe the worst hockey game I've ever seen in my life. So we've seen that, though. We've seen peaks and valleys from the Blues this year. I just think, you know, this week was, you know, maybe the most egregious example, you know, scoring five goals in three straight games, coming away with a win in another game that you didn't deserve to win and then coming out and getting blown out of the door, blown, you know, blown out 7-1. It's it. To me, it comes down to if you think Jacob Chikrin can, yeah, he'll come in and he'll just make the defense better flat out. But also, like, you got to look at it beyond that and say, what does this team need to snap into shape and, and you know, play as well in front of Billy Huso or in front of Jordan Bennington that they do in front of Billy Huso and play consistent hockey? Because it really does feel like we've been taking two steps forward and one step back a lot throughout the season. And that's great, you know, as long as you're making forward progress. But when, when the playoffs come around, you can't be taking that one step back because if you do, all of a sudden you're out of a series. Yeah, so we're going to continue this conversation when we come back, Josh, but I think it's very important to say that our next opponent coming up on Thursday is the Calgary Flames. So this is a big bounce-back opportunity for the Blues, so we're going to dive a little bit into that, but mostly about where this team is at right now and how much they struggled against them last game, how they can bounce back in quick fashion. (laughs) like a two-day break and then they play them their same week so we'll be right back don't go anywhere all right josh thursday calgary flames come to st louis play at home the blues thought about that (laughs) the blues have been i know i did too the blues have been pretty good at home this season a lot better than they have been on the road Obviously, playing in front of their fans gives them a little bit more energy, hopefully a lot more energy than we saw uh, last night. But what are your keys to the game for the St. Louis Blues? And obviously, watching the game <laughs> through rose-colored lenses last night, it's it's difficult to pinpoint one thing to where, 
oh, if we would have just done this, we would have beat them for sure. Because there was a whole list of things I feel like that would have fit that criteria. But if you had to name off a couple uh, that you think could be potential weaknesses of the Calgary Flames that the Blues, when they're playing at their best, should be able to exploit, uh, what would those be? I mean, we didn't even have time to see what the Calgary Flames were, weren't good at because they had the puck the whole time. <laughs> right. Um, I think more of like a vague answer and the way that I'm kind of looking at it is remember the the game between the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills this year where Mac Jones threw the ball three times and the Patriots won because like they just, you know, out annoyed the Bills and it was a complete anomaly and had no real representation of those two teams match up. And then the next two times the Bills and Patriots played, B- Bills blew them out of the water. That's sort of what I'm hoping for and expecting on Thursday that like if I'm the Calgary Flames... You know, how do you look at Monday's game and say like, okay, yeah, here's where we can beat them because hopefully the Blues look, you know, worlds better than they looked last night in that game on Thursday. So it's not even like you can look at that and say, oh yeah, here's where we had the most success. If you're the Flames, you had success everywhere. So my hope is that the Blues come in and they they look like they did, you know, in their past few wins and the Flames kind of get taken on their heels, you know, not expecting a strong overperformance um, from the Blues. And I think that's kind of what their weaknesses would be is is their depth isn't quite as strong as that of the Blues. Um, and if the Blues can, you know, wear them down and maybe, you know, the Flames come out a little, a little too excited, to, you know, after that 7-1 victory looking to, you know, repeat history, um, I think the Blues play a little bit more responsibly than the Flames uh at times but i don't know it's hard you know because it's like how the heck do you bounce back from that 7-1 embarrassment you know you got to just go back to basics and i think that that's what the blues are going to do if i had to guess i think we're going to see a a very blues hockey style game and hopefully that'll be low scoring um man question is who gets the start and goal that's going to be a big thing i didn't even think about that i bet they'll go back to billy huso to try and I don't know, for whatever reason, like Twitter's talked about and like we've talked about, it, it seems like the play the team just plays better in front of Villy. So maybe it's that's a spur of the spark and maybe that's maybe that's why he put Villy in the third period. I don't I still don't really know why he pulled Bennington. I mean the score was seven to one at that point, so I don't really know what good that did it besides maybe jeopardize Bennington's confidence even more. I don't know. But I do know that in uh, familiar fashion to the Colorado Avalanche, although uh, they're obviously two very different teams. We got a guy like Johnny Goudreau on the other side uh, and on the same line as Matthew Kachuk, putting up the numbers that they have been this season. If you get into a track meet against this Calgary Flames team, it's going to be a long night. And I think, I don't know if the Blues tried to play a track meet against them last night. I don't think they tried to they play. they just couldn't skate. I don't, yeah, I don't even think they, they couldn't. And they didn't win 50-50 pucks, and they didn't win the puck battles, and they didn't grind along the boards. Like you said, it, w- was, very, it was very strange to see the Blues play. It's pathetic. Such, such, a, such a different style of hockey than they've played all season. Yeah, it, it, I, I never felt like... In really any game, maybe the Arizona one, just because that, I don't know, there was a lot of emotions going on in that one too, so I, I might have been biased. But it never really felt like work ethic had had been an issue with this team all season long. And maybe it's not work ethic, and maybe it's just pure exhaustion, and it looks like work ethic, which I, I completely understand that. But at the, like, I don't know, it just looked bad. Like guys skating around and like 
keeling over and like not really being in position and like it almost looked like they were going through the motions, which is why I feel like it could have been exhaustion where they just can't move their bodies quick enough. But like I said, you've got Goudreau and Kachuk, um, and some of these guys on this team are just – and you've got Lucic too. So as as much as you can't get into a track meet against these guys, if you play physical, uh, they can still hang with you. So I think that's the best bet for the Blues to win this game is to play their physical brand of hockey, uh, cycle pucks, do what they do best. I think their faceoff percentage was 39% last night which is just horrific especially when you have ryan o'reilly on your team like it's just it's that's inexcusable i feel like for one of the i feel like statistically one of the best face-off teams in the league to have that low of a number so i'm expecting that number to be up i'm expecting the shots number to be up i'm expecting the time on attack for the calgary flames to be down and if all that happens billy huso goes out and puts on a great performance or Jordan Bennington goes out, puts on a great performance, or neither of those happen, and the defense goes out and puts on a great performance, I think the Blues will come out on top. And look, here's the thing. is This is admittedly a huge point for the St. Louis Blues in this season. Um, you, you know, you try to have the attitude of, oh yeah, just roll on, you know, one game at a time, build off of each game, look to the next one. No, this is, this is a, a full stop in their season in terms of momentum, any, any style, you know, any momentum that they were riding, whatever positive or negative ends last night, you, you have a game that poorly, you sit down after the game and you go, damn, how do, how do we, how do we win hockey games again? And as much as that's a little scary, it's also a good opportunity to get back to your roots and, you know, get back to what's successful. And not only do the St. Louis blues have an opportunity to, you know, have a few days off regroup and then come in and play on Thursday and, you know, bounce back from a 7-1 embarrassing defeat. They have an opportunity to do it against the very same team that whooped up on them 7-1. So Thursday's game is a huge, huge opportunity for the Blues to show what they really are in terms of you know a hockey team this year because we've seen ups, we've seen downs. Um, and the fact that they're going out and playing the Calgary Flames again, you know, you, the Blues have a chance to say, okay, last time we played the Flames, yeah, that was the worst of us. But here, here's what we got when we're playing at our best. You know, if the Blues go out and they do that on Thursday, great. You know, that's the best possible result that this could have had. But flip side of that is they go out and continue to struggle. And, you know, you don't really have time for a cold streak now. You're in the second half of the season. Central Division is extremely tight, extremely close. And if you, you know, go on a cold stretch like the Blues had earlier in the season, they lose, you know, six, seven out of ten. They could be fighting for a playoff spot the rest of the season huge, huge momentum game on Thursday versus the Calgary Flames. Like you said, if they go out and beat the Flames 7-1 to in familiar fashion, I'll forget that the last game even existed. Um, but regardless, uh, if they win or they lose in incredible fashion or disappointing fashion, we'll be covering it here on the Locked on Blues podcast, but I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 15 You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.